welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and Midlife Career Rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey, Rebels, welcome back to the podcast. I so appreciate you coming back and tuning in. And this week, I want to talk about decision making and the fear of choice. Now, this is something I talk a lot about with my clients, and it usually looks like either confusion or overwhelm, or I don't know what I want, or I don't know what I want to do in terms of my career or the next choices I want to make in my life. Now, I don't allow my clients to sit in I don't know, or even use it as a viable answer or excuse, because the truth is, they do know. We all know. We just don't want to say it out loud or commit to a decision because we're afraid it's going to be the wrong decision or the wrong move. Now, I got this drilled in my head early in life, and I'm so thankful that I did. My dad hated it when we would tell him, I don't know, in response to a question. Now, I don't mean not knowing the answer to a problem or legitimately not having the information he was looking for. It was specifically around when I broke the rules or did something he instructed me not to do. And when he caught me or discovered the truth about what I had done, he did as most parents would. He asked, well, why did you do that? And as most kids, I'd respond, I don't know. (laughs) Now, what angered him so much about that response was that he knew I was lying. He knew I was lying to him and I was lying to myself. He'd much rather I just tell him the reason, even if it was simply because I wanted to, which usually was the case. He'd rather me just to tell him my reasons, just to let him know the thought process behind what I was doing. And if my response seemed kind of, you know, fuzzy or wishy-washy, he would take it a step further and ask me, well, why did you want to do it? Why did you want to? He kept probing until we both uncovered the truth and the reason for my decision. You see, my father believed that if I made a choice to do something, that I should always be clear as to why I made the choice and to feel confident in my decision, even if it meant that I got in trouble. Basically, he wanted me to own my choices and to use them as an opportunity for growth and for learning. Yes, my dad was a badass. (laughs) And it was an incredible life lesson for me to learn, even though admittedly at the time, I did not appreciate it. I felt like I was being grilled and it felt so uncomfortable. I just wanted to let the I don't know or because I wanted to be enough. But he really wanted me to learn what it meant to take ownership for my choices and my decisions and to make sure that I was thoughtful about what I decided to do, that I just didn't throw up my hands and said, I don't know. Now, when we're young, it's normal to test our boundaries in the safe bubble of childhood because we know our parents are going to either save or protect us, even from ourselves. So we tend to be a bit more adventurous and daring, quickly making decisions and choices in the midst of multiple different options. 
However, as we mature in age and the safety net gets removed or because we felt the sting of what we perceived to be a bad decision, we become a bit more cautious and fearful about definitively making a choice to do something or to make a decision to go in the right or different direction. Now that childhood curiosity starts to fade away because the stakes with regard to making a perceived wrong choice feels a bit higher and the risks a little bit too extreme. So as a result, we're faced with decisions in our lives when we come up against something that feels like a really big choice to make. We start reindulging in the thought, I don't know, particularly when we're faced with a decision or choice in which we have no idea of the outcome. We ruminate over the decision for days, weeks, or even years. We ask everyone with an earshot, well, what do you think I should do? Or what would you do? What salary should I ask for? What job should I take? Should I stay with the company? Should I go? Should I do something else? Should I make a move? And on and on and on. And by the time we arrive in midlife, we've almost completely relinquished our power and eroded our confidence in our own decision-making ability. Why? Well, because over time, we've allowed our brain to live in the land of I don't know. We've become comfortable and safe in that land. And that land absolves us of the responsibility of having to make a choice or decision that ultimately we're going to have to live with. See, if we acquiesce our authority and give it to somebody else to make the decision or not make one at all, then we, we can't blame ourselves. There's nobody else to come back to to say, you make the choice. So it's easier just to acquiesce that responsibility, to absolve ourselves of it, to just live in the land of I don't know. But do you know why that is? It's because we're fearful of how we think we'll feel if we make a decision that we later believe was the wrong one. Here's something you need to absolutely know. Everything you do is based on achieving a desired feeling or emotion. Listen, we buy clothes because they make us feel good, sexy, or confident. We buy certain cars because they either make us feel safe or important. We take certain jobs because the title or salary will make us feel accomplished or successful right? Everything we do is because we want to feel a certain way once we get it. We want to feel happy, great, wonderful, powerful, prideful, whatever it is. We take actions based on the feelings that we want to have. So when you're faced with a circumstance that requires you to make a choice or decision, you start to think, I don't know, which creates a feeling of fear, Because our brains are like, I have no idea the outcome of that choice, that if you make this choice today, the probability of maybe you feeling bad, unhappy, or sad tomorrow is not worth it. So don't go there. So our brains try to just keep us safe by getting us to avoid the process altogether, to not say yes or no, but to just settle for, I don't know. And in the land of I don't know, your brain feels safe and comfortable in the indecision. And so we remain stuck, we take no action, we fail to grow, and we limit ourselves and our opportunities. You'll stay stuck in a job or a career you don't love. Ultimately, you start living in a life of, well, what if? What if I make the wrong decision? We get into the woulda, coulda, shoulda's and ultimately regret. 
Now, psychologist Tim Gilovich found that as we look back over our lives, that we don't regret the things that we've done. We could get over that. We could talk ourselves into a number of reasons why we made that choice to do something and get over it. But what we do regret are the things that we haven't done, the choices that we haven't made. And human developmentalist Eric Erickson also talked about this in his eight stages of psychosocial development. In the last stage, he talks about, and which is usually ultimately around late midlife, that what we start doing is reflecting over our lives. We start looking back over the things that we did or didn't do. And we look at them sometimes with feelings of regret, shame, or disappointment. And the feelings of regret, shame, or disappointment comes from the choices and the decisions that we did not make in our lives. The things that we decided not to do, to not go after. And that's the thing that usually we sit with in the later stages of our life. The truth is, choosing the thought, I don't know, and giving into the fear of indecision is a decision. It is a choice. You're still creating your reality. And it can sometimes... And quite actually, sometimes more often than not, lead to an even worse outcome than actively choosing a thought that leads you to take action. And this became really clear to me after I was in a near-fatal car accident. I was driving home from the office one late Sunday afternoon, you know, working over the weekends as us high-achieving, ambitious women tend to do. And my kiddos were in the car with me at the time. They were about seven and nine. And this was a few years after my divorce, so I was a single mom, which meant they went with me everywhere. As I was heading up this two-lane hill that led to my house, I thought I saw these bright lights coming at me, like right in front of me. Now, it was raining and it was starting to get dark, so initially I thought, well, maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me and I was seeing things. But as the lights got closer, I realized that these lights were coming directly at me. And for a brief moment, I thought I was about to die. And let me just tell you, it's true what they say, that when you're faced with that, different stages of your life and experiences do start to flash before your eyes. I really started seeing the events of my life play out, wondering, was this it? But in that split second, I heard a voice as loud as if it were in the car right next to me say, turn now. It was strong, direct, forceful, turn now. Now, as I mentioned, I was driving up this two-lane hill, and to the right of me was a drop-off into a deep ravine, and to the left of me was oncoming traffic and the face of that hill. So I was literally stuck between a rock and a hard place. So for a brief moment, when I heard the voice say, turn now, my initial thought was, turn where? Because the options to the left and right of me were less than optimal. And all of this was going on in my mind in the matter of seconds. Now, while I was completely unsure of the outcome, if I listened to the voice and made a turn, I was completely sure that if I didn't do something, that what was directly in front of me was a certainty of death. I would have hit head on and that would have been it. So in that split second, I made the decision and I chose the thought, listen to the voice, which allowed me not to sit in panic, but to take action, to make a left turn into oncoming traffic. And that choice ultimately saved my life. Now, had I sat in panic and worry by holding on to the thought, well, I don't know what I should do. Should I turn left? Should I turn right? What should I do? And if I spent the time worrying about the potential outcome of one of these choices, I honestly would have been killed that day. And while I was still hit 
The passenger side actually took the brunt of the impact, but the impact was so severe that I still required multiple surgeries and I was in a wheelchair for six months. What was most important is that I'd lived and I'm still here. That taught me actually that every choice won't result in smooth sailing, but that's part of the human experience. There's never all positive or all negative in anything. Life presents both of those things to us at all times. The trick is how we choose to think about the experiences as opportunities for growth and learning or things that are horrible and miserable that we should avoid. So while we get impacted by both negative and positive experiences, it's how you choose to think about them and deal with them that makes the difference in how it impacts and affects your life. To be honest, that experience is what pulled me out of the ivory tower as an associate professor who was researching the experiences of women in understanding their identity and coming into deciding what they want to do with their life. And it led me to become a coach to work directly with women who were struggling to make a choice and decision about their lives and careers. I realized just like I heard that voice that said, turn now, so many other women hear a similar voice telling them to make a turn, to make a choice, because the direction they're heading doesn't feel right, or their career isn't fulfilling, or they need to start that business or change that job, that they're not living authentically, that they've lost their voice, they've lost their confidence, their direction, that something's off, that they have to make a change. You fill in the blank. But they don't listen to the voice. They don't make the turn because of the fear generated by the thought, what if I make the wrong choice? What if I make the wrong turn? But if they perceive their options as less than optimal, it's even worse. They'll be even more inclined to just stay the course because it's known, it's comfortable, and it feels safer than the unknown of their decision. Now, when my clients come to me, they are steeped in indecision. And for many of them, they have shattered their confidence and faith in their ability to make a decision because they have convinced themselves that they just don't know what to do. They believe the thought, I don't know, is a true thought, is a true belief. And that generates the fear, well, I may get it wrong, which has placed them on the hamster wheel of worry, anxiousness, confusion, and overwhelm that has resulted in years of no action, no movement, no growth. Can you relate to this? I want to share with you what I teach them to help them with their decision making. Because listen, if you can't get over this hurdle, you won't make the progress that you want to make in your life and your career. If you can't master this ability to manage your thoughts around your decisions and to lean into the experience of the outcome of that decision, you won't make a decision. You'll stay in the land of I don't know. So here's what I walk them through. The first is, there is no wrong decision. And I know you're like, what? Of course there is. <laughs> so, but I'm telling you, no, there are not. Like Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And I'm telling you, whether you say yes or no, you're right. It's right because you think and believe it's the right decision for you. It's your decision. It's your life. And so if you make the decision that you think is best for you, it is the right decision. It's our thoughts that make a decision right or wrong. And if you think it's wrong, it will be. Period. Bottom line. That's it. 
So there are no wrong decisions. We base the idea of a right or wrong decision based on external ideas and factors and other people's thoughts and beliefs, as opposed to our own. So if you can hold the belief and thought that there are no wrong decisions, that frees you up to knowing that whatever you decide will be the right thing for you. The second is there are no forever decisions. There's only right now decisions, as I call them. We get caught up in the idea that once we make a choice, we can never change our mind, we can never make a different decision, that we can't make any other choices in the future. And that's just not true. We think if I take the job and it doesn't work out, then I'm stuck in it forever. Or if I make a move and leave my company, I may never find something better. But the truth is, if you take a job and you don't like it, you can leave it. You can always make another choice. If you make a move and leave your company, you can find something else. And if it doesn't work, you can go back, depending on the reasons why you left. The point is, you can always change your mind. You can always make a new decision that whatever you decide today is for now. As you grow and change in the lifespan, you may change your idea. You may change your mind. You may decide to make a new decision, and that's okay. If you take a job today, it doesn't mean you can't leave it next week, next month, or in 10 years. The choice is yours. Now, what often happens is that we worry about, well, what will people think of me? If I made this decision and I changed my mind, will they think I'm wishy-washy? Will they think I don't know what I'm doing? Well, what will they say? What will they think? So to avoid being perceived in a certain way, we just stick to our guns and stick to the original decision. And that's what makes us believe we've made a forever decision. It's our thoughts about the decisions that we make. We get to decide. And when you accept the truth that you can decide as many times as you like and deem necessary, it releases the pressure of feeling like every decision is a lifelong one. The third thing is that many of accept the sunk cost fallacy. Now, the sunk cost fallacy is something that's usually used in investing, but what it means is that you can't possibly take a different course of action because you've already invested so much time, money, and energy in the current course that you're on, so you can't turn back now. This is another thought that's fueled by the idea of the forever decision. This thought error can keep us trapped in situations that we know intellectually we shouldn't be in or that we should make a move. But we kind of accepted this idea that, well, I can't. See, I, I've already invested too much or paid too much. I Look at the degree and the amount of years I've spent in this job or this career. Look at all that I put into it. I have to like just hold on, grin and bear it <laughs> and make it through the end. Because if I don't, it feels like I'm throwing everything that I've invested in away. That is a thought error. That is why it's called a fallacy, because it's not true. It all depends on your thought about what you're taking from all the greatness that you've invested in and how you then want to use it someplace else. But if you believe that, if your thought is into the sunk cost fallacy, you won't give yourself the permission to make a choice and a decision to use it and take it someplace else. You'll stay sunk and stuck. The fourth thing is you have to start asking yourself the deeper questions. Now, remember when I told you how my dad would ask me, well, why did you want to do it? When I said, I don't know, or I wanted to, he said, why? 
Why is one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself, because what it does is it kicks your mind out of autopilot. It starts to have you question childhood beliefs and societal programming, and it allows you to focus your mind. By asking yourself why, or just asking yourself more questions, the brain gets to go to work searching for the answers. When you don't challenge or ask your brain questions, it just sticks with whatever it pumped out in the moment. When you tell yourself, I don't know, what you're doing is blocking yourself from your own wisdom. Your brain is saying, it's too hard. So if it's too hard, just give up. Instead, ask yourself more questions and tell your brain, it's not too hard. I'm learning. I'm figuring it out. And guess what? You absolutely will. This will open your mind up to more options and possibilities than you that you may never have thought of before had you not given yourself the permission to think about other options and possibilities. If you've not asked your brain or challenged it to say why so that you can activate it and get it to thinking to find the answers to the questions that you want answers to. So give yourself the gift of possibility through the gift of decisions. Get off the hamster wheel of worry, overwhelm, and confusion. Release yourself from the thought of right or wrong decisions and forever decisions and sunk cost fallacy decisions that are all wrapped up in this thought. I don't know. Give yourself the gift of wisdom. This is your life. This is your career. You get to decide. You get to do what's right for you. You get to decide how you'll feel about the outcomes of your life. Like in that car accident, when I got hit, that wasn't the best option that I wanted. I'd rather not be in an accident and not get hit at all. But I didn't look at those things in a negative light because what I looked at is that I lived and I survived. And everything that comes along with it is just a reminder that I lived and I survived. I could have chosen to look at those outcomes as negatives, as like, oh my God, look what happened to me. But that's not what I decided. I got to decide. You get to decide. And I decided how I wanted to feel about the outcome of that choice of making the turn. So it's up to you. Once you learn to trust yourself again, you'll realize that I did and that we all really should realize is that you do know. So when you're faced with, I don't know, you do know. All right, Rebels, that's all I have for you this week. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so we can continue to get the word out. And listen, if you have questions, I'd love to hear from you. Send them over to hello at carolparkerwalsh.com, and I may even answer them on a future podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, have an amazingly rebellious week. If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rebel Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy. I can't wait to see you there.